right, welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast, and we have our reporter Josh Ryder in the building today. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing great as always. How are you, Bryce? No complaints as the dead zone is starting to come to an end, and we have training camp just a mere few days away. Uh, Before we jump into our training camp episodes, once the Unknown Packers podcast goes daily, For all of your training camp needs, we're going to highlight the offensive line position real quick. And uh, the last, I would say, two or three days, I've been re-watching the 2018 season just to get an idea of what we had last year and what we're going to have this year for training camp. Josh, you released your training camp article that highlighted Matt LaFleur. Uh, Let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter as well. Yeah, so you can follow me at Josh Ryder 328. That is at Josh and then R-E-U-T-E-R 328. And like you said, yeah, I just released a training camp slash kind of a Matt LaFleur introduction to the offense article where I kind of focus on what to expect in training camp with the new installation of the offense and what Matt LaFleur has done in the past with his offenses that he's worked with in Atlanta and last year in Tennessee. So you can go ahead and give that a read, and at Unknown Packers on Twitter has it, and I also have it on my Twitter. So, yeah, it would be much, much greatly appreciated if you would uh, would give that a read. It was it was a lot of fun writing, so um, if you could give that a read, it would be awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had a great time dissect, uh, dissecting that as well, and looking forward to seeing you continue on with your training camp articles. And so keep an eye on that. We'll get weekly articles from our reporter, Josh Ryder. And we're culminating the dead zone series and focusing on off- offensive linemen. And Josh, give me give me your take real quick as we, we embark on the 2019-2020 season for the Green Bay Packers and especially the 2019 training camp. Where does the offensive line stand right now for you? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we have, in our opinion, and probably honestly in most of the me- national media's opinion, we probably have the best left tackle in the game in David Bakhtiari. So, I mean, it's all good if you look at him. And then from there, I mean, it goes down a little bit, but we have our Mr. Consistency, as I like to call him, Corey Lindsley at center. And then if I call Corey Lindsley Mr. Consistency, I guess I would have to call our right tackle, Brian Bulaga, Mr. Inconsistency, as he's been hurt for the majority of his career. But when he is healthy, he's a very good, very good option at right tackle. And then those guard positions are are going to be really interesting to follow in training camp. Um, I would assume at right guard we're going to probably have Billy Turner, the guy we signed from the Denver Broncos, and then that left guard spot. It's going to be a battle to see who's going to who's going to snatch up that left guard spot right next to David Bakhtiari. So it'll be a great battle to watch come training camp here in about a little less than a week now. Now refresh everyone's memory. Who did we have at left guard, and who do you think might supplant that said person, or does that person actually? maintain that left guard position right next to David Bakhtiari. Yeah, so last year we had Lane Taylor. He, he was the mainstay for the most part at left guard. He was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2013, and he became a full-time starter for the first time in 2016, and he's, he's fairly versatile. He's played both guard spots, and he's also played a couple games at left tackle. Uh, he's He's been very impressive for an undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma State, and I think that he he might have an edge as training camp starts, but he's going to have a lot of competition with Elton Jenkins in training camp. So that's going to be an interesting battle to keep an eye on. And for a little bit more about Elton Jenkins, he's he was a second round pick in April's draft 
And, I mean, he was a workhorse at Texas A&M. He started every game the last two years for them at center. And versatility is a huge part of his game, as he can play anywhere across the line, whether it be left guard, right guard, right tackle, left tackle, or center, where he made the majority of his starts at Texas A&M. And coming out of high school, he actually only had one scholarship offer, and that was from Mississippi State. So that, that lack of interest, I guess you could say, fueled his fire in, at Mississippi State, and he only allowed one sack in 762 pass-blocking attempts over the last two years at Mississippi State. So he's a big guy at six foot four and 310 pounds, but he's also lean. You know, it's not it's not a lot of fat on him. So he could, I mean, he has that quickness to play the left tackle positions and the guard positions as well. So I think that Elton Jenkins is going to be that guy that could take over the left guard spot this year for the, for the Green Bay Packers. I'm glad you corrected yourself. I was going to interrupt you for a second, and I was like thinking to myself, I don't think our... Our boy Elton went to Texas A&M. I'm glad you corrected yourself with Michigan State. And the reason why I remember that is that when, when we drafted him, Luke Getze, um, our wide receivers coach, was was thrilled. Uh, not our wide receivers coach, our, our quarterbacks coach, was thrilled to uh, have selected him because he was the offensive coordinator for Michigan's, uh, Mississippi State the year before. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, he was actually. Yeah, that's a that's a very valid point there. Yeah, and that's and I remember I, I during the draft I figured that the Packers would invest high in in an offensive lineman. He was someone that w- slipped past my radar, you know, playing center, playing guard. I was I was expecting maybe another right tackle or something like that. Um, now, now that we're on the topic of left guard and right guard, I mentioned that I went back and looked at the 2018 season, and and that right guard position was was a mess, and it was definitely one of the weaker points of an overall disappointing season. But looking back at 2018, the Packers were, were knocking on every single opportunity, every single week, maybe outside of that week, week 16 shellacking against the Lions, but they lost 31 nothing. But I tweeted not too long ago that the Packers could have easily been 7-0 and um, heading into New England, and uh, it's interesting that the wheels fell off after that. However, even though the Packers probably could have gone 7-0, and granted with the fracture and granted with, um, I guess you can say, that the divorce, the separation already occurring with, with McCarthy and Rodgers, there was one thing that stuck out, and it was that right guard position. As much as um, I think Justin McCray is a great story for the Green Bay Packers, I was thrilled to see the Packers invest and some high draft capital to restore and fortify that line. Where do you see Justin McCray then? At Do you see him as a backup? Do you see him as a fringe guy? Um, I mean, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but uh, going back at that tape, he struggled last year, and especially in that Bears game, and then that, that trend just kind of continued on. So give me your take on Justin McCray real quick, and uh, where do you see him? Uh, does he make the team? Or is he a fringe guy, or does he make, uh, does he get cut? I I do see Justin McCray making the roster. Um, he's going to be a very valuable backup for us. He he's appeared in twenty five games over the last two years, and he's pretty versatile. He's fairly versatile. He can play tackle or guard. And as our great friend Maggie Lawler would like to say, Justin McCray is a he's a great guy. Um, but I do see him as a valuable backup. He's probably going to be contributing on special teams on some field goal opportunities and some kick kick returns. But 
I mean, we signed Billy Turner. We drafted Elton Jenkins. I mean, those guys are probably going to contribute a little bit more this year to hopefully shore up that right guard position and that left guard position. So as it stands right now, I see Justin McCray being a valuable backup for us and contributing mostly on special teams. And for those listening, I'm not suggesting that McCray will not make the team. It was just a question that I wanted uh, the our reporter's perspective on. And for a guy that struggled a lot last year, I was just wondering Josh's perspective on this upcoming training camp. Now, if we were to start week one outside of training camp, who would your starting five be then? Yeah, so my starting five, obviously at left tackle, you're going to throw out David Bakhtiari, a.k.a. Mr. Beer Chug. And then at left guard, I see Elton Jenkins coming up and starting at left guard. I mean, you, you invest that high draft capital in a guy for a reason. Um, as much as I hate to see Lane Taylor get pushed out of that starting five, I see Elton coming in and, and taking what is presumably rightfully his as that higher draft pick. And then at center, you got Mr. Consistency, as I like to call him. You got Corey Lindsley. He's going to be our starting center. Um He's, he's always so even-keeled. I love Corey Lindsley. He started 70 games in his six-year career. He has great size for a center at six foot three and about 300 pounds. And he's almost played, this is a, this is a crazy number that I found. He's almost paid, played 2,500 straight snaps. So, I, I mean, I love me some Corey Lindsley, so I think he's going to be that center. And then at right guard, it's, it's probably going to have to be Billy Turner. I mean, we signed him in March to a four-year, $28 million contract. We paid him good reason for our money to play right away. So like a lot of the other linemen on this team, Turner is very versatile. He can play anywhere across the line. And another interesting tidbit about him is both his father, Maurice Turner, and his brother, Brian Kell, played in the NFL. So he comes from that. He has an NFL bloodline in him. So I think that he's going to be that right guard. And then at right tackle, if healthy, it it's going to have to be Brian Balaga. So, I mean, like I said, I call Lindsley Mr. Consistency. Brian Bulag is Mr. Inconsistency or Mr. Injured. But when he's healthy, I, I really like Bulaga. He's one of the top right tackles in the league. So, I mean, he hasn't started a full season since 2016. So that's been pretty frustrating for not only Packer fans, but obviously for the Green Bay Packers. So keeping Rodgers healthy is the number one priority other than winning games and getting to the Super Bowl. And with a healthy Bulaga, I think that would be much more possible to keep Rodgers upright. So just to clarify, I got my left tackle, David Bakhtiari. My left guard is going to be Elton Jenkins. The center is going to be Corey Lindsley. Right guard will be Billy Turner. And the right tackle is going to be Brian Bulaga. Yeah, and with Corey Lindsley, you know, we we were the Packers made sure that he wasn't going to at all sniff free agency. So in the prior year, we had signed him to a deal. And so he's he's locked up for the foreseeable future. Had a nice signing bonus of $8 million the year before. Um, Billy Turner's been getting a lot of praise from Aaron Rodgers, and it seems like Aaron Rodgers is a different person this, I would say, dead zone and, and leading up to uh, training camp. So this offseason, uh, which I think can only be taken as a good thing. You want him to be happy. You want him to be loose. Um, what's, you, what's your take on on his comments about Billy Turner and is it just more that he's feeling a little bit loose and a little bit more liberal and is deciding to um, be a little bit more open-minded less than being, or rather than being tight-lipped or is Billy Turner really going to surprise a lot of people and uh, be that anchor on top of all these other anchors that we have on this offensive line? Yeah. So 
like I like to say, if if Aaron Rodgers is happy and healthy, then that's going to make a lot of other people happy. And because if Rodgers is happy and healthy, he's going to be dishing out some some great compliments to his offensive line, like he did to Billy Turner. And if I'm Billy Turner here, and that coming from probably the best quarterback in the game, that's got to make you feel good. It's got to give you a vote of confidence heading into training camp and know that you're worth that four-year, $28 million contract that you got signed to in March. So, I mean, he has the size to play both tackle and guard, but he also has that quickness to play guard. He's another big guy, six foot five, 310 pounds. And, I mean, with the money we shelled out for him, Turner is going to start, and hopefully he's going to prove that he's worth that money. And if it's any anything that Rodgers could say, I mean, it's he's going to be worth that money, according to him. So, I, I, I mean, I like some Billy Turner, so I... I mean, he's going to start definitely. So, if if I, if Rogers is saying that he's worth that money and he's saying that he's he's been really good in OTAs, I I mean, I wouldn't discount Rogers at all. So, I think Turner's going to be a very good piece to this offensive line. And I just want to quote Aaron Rodgers. He said, "Quote a guy who won't get a lot of pub, but I'm trying to give, I'm trying to pub every chance I can." Is Bill Turner? He's going to be a great addition for us. Rogers said he's a big tough dude. Fit in really well, good athlete. He can move in our system because we're running off the ball. He's going to be a big part of what we're doing up front because Matt LaFleur wants to run the ball. I got that from Packers Wire. And and it's interesting with Billy Turner, Not maybe not a lot of people realize, but, man, he really finished off on a high note. Didn't allow a sack over the final seven games of the 2018 season. Former third-round pick out of the 2014 draft. And... Over his last seven starts with Denver, weeks 11 through 17, Billy Turner played the fourth most pass-blocking snaps at guard without allowing a sack. Turner also allowed only one quarterback hit during that time frame as well. And so for some, maybe they're just seeing an offensive guard, um, possibly a swing tackle, maybe wasn't really that highly touted in free agency and the Packers shell out, like you said, what a four-year deal worth $28 million. But Brian Gutekunst, what he did this offseason is he he cut the losses of the draft and develop philosophy of Ted Thompson for the last three, four years. Instead of going to the draft, which he did fortify with Elton Jenkins, Instead of just throwing Elton Jenkins in there and expecting him to start, which he probably will, I like the fact that he he went out, got Billy Turner, a sleeper, uh, a sleeper acquisition that maybe a lot of people scoffed at or thought, wow, four four years worth $28 million. But I'm glad that you highlighted him a little bit. And not only once, but twice has Aaron Rodgers been hyping up, as he likes to call him, Bill Turner. Um, Before we wrap up the starting five, I want I want to dive in a little bit to Brian Balaga. I know that you call him Mr. Inconsistency, and granted he has been, but when he has been healthy, he's been dominant. Um, he was quite healthy, I believe, last year. I want to say he, he started 14 out of the 16 games last year, but before that, I think it was two, three years where I don't even think he, he started more than four or five games. Correct me if I'm wrong, our unknown Packers reporter, Josh Ryder. Yeah, I, I think that you're you're accurate there. I, he played 14 games last year. The problem is, is that even in week one against the Bears going into it, he was still kind of nursing a knee injury. So he never really was fully healthy all last year. 
even though he did play, he fought through some injuries. And when he, like you said, when he's 100% healthy, he's well worth that first round pick we spent on him. And I mean, I think that he he could prove me wrong this year. I mean, I call him Mr. Inconsistency because he's always, always injured. But don't get me wrong. I love me some Brian Bulaga. And I think that if he's healthy, he could be one of the top right tackles in this in this league. And I'd like to just piggyback off of that. According to Pro Football Focus, Brian Balaga didn't allow a single pressure over his last three games of the last season. That stretch included games against Arizona, Jets, and Detroit. Nothing to get excited about. Um, but for reference's sake, consider that the Packers attempted 145 total passes during Balaga's final three games. He didn't allow a single hurry, hit, or sack. The impressive finish capped off a strong overall year for Balaga, who had been a starter for the Packers' offensive line since his rookie year in 2010. His pass-blocking grade during the 2018 season was the sixth highest ever recorded by Pro Football Focus, which has graded every game and every season since 2006. He allowed only five sacks, 22 pressures over 14 games, and 559 pass-blocking snaps. His 84.1 pass-blocking grade trailed only Mitchell Schwartz among right tackles last season. And I know that you mentioned him being Mr. Inconsistent and it being for injuries, but like you had said and like how I just wanted to reemphasize, outside of those debilitating injuries, he's been rock solid and dependable. He'll make a base salary of $5.8 million and it'll count $8.35 million against the cap in 2019. But personally, if he can avoid injury and hold down that right tackle position, that is a steal for $5.8 million. Right, Josh? Oh, 100%. I mean, Brian Bulaga, when he's healthy, he's really, really good. And, I mean, I remember earlier this offseason when people were, were wanting him to be cut, wanting to have him have that $5.8 million be used on somebody that will be a little bit more consistent. But when he's healthy, I mean, you're not going to get a much better tackle duo than David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga in the league. Well, Pro Football Focus recently named Brian Bulaga and left tackle David Bakhtiari as the NFL's second-best offensive tackle duel noting that the pair's dominance in pass-blocking situations, and I just, I'm hoping, but realistically, it does seem like it might be one year or the other. How many games do you see Brian Balaga starting this year? I'm going to set the over-under at 12. So I think that, personally, I have a lot of confidence in Balaga. He takes care of his body in the offseason as much as he can, I think that he's going to hit that over mark, and I I think that honestly he's probably going to hit about 14 games. He is he does have an injury bug, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he's going to start all 16. I mean he hasn't had a, a full season in the NFL since 2016, so I I still think that he he's got some juice left in the tank, and I think that he's going to stay in that starting five for at least 14 games and hopefully some postseason games because when he's in there, we're much better off. Now, God forbid an injury does occur to Brian Balaga. Who steps in at right tackle? Uh, I hate to say it, but I think it, it would have to be Jason Spriggs. He, he was a high draft pick in 2016. We traded up to get him. And to say he's been disappointed would be an understatement. Uh, he's been given chances, but he's just not made the most of them. Obviously, he's been given a lot of chances because Brian Balaga has been hurt. So with those injuries, Spruce was thrown in the mix right away in 2016, and he played in all 16 games. He didn't start all 16, but he played in at least one snap in every game in 2016. But 
unless injuries occur again this year, which, I mean, they're bound to happen. I expect Spriggs to be solely a special teams guy. He's been given a lot of chances, and he's just not really capitalized on any any chance that he has had. So what are, what's the possibility that Bill Turner, uh, good old Billy Turner, moves over to right tackle? Yeah, Bryce, that's a great point. Um, the Packers signed him in March because he had that versatility. He's played some right tackle in the league with Denver before, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Billy Turner slide out to right tackle and then maybe Justin McCray or even Cole Madison slide into that that right guard position. Um, as you said, Billy Turner would be a great great um, option at the right tackle position if Brian Belaga does get hurt. I, I would assume he'd be better. We'd be better off than having Jason Spriggs in there. So if an injury does occur, I'd say Billy Turner could probably slide over to right tackle and then slide in Justin McCray or Cole Madison at that right guard spot. I'm glad that you mentioned Cole Madison, um, a guy that took a one-year hiatus to take care of um, some personal issues, Some um, wanted to focus on his mental health, and then was also grieving in the loss of his former um, quarterback that he blocked for and good friend. I believe his name was Tyler Helsinki, if I'm uh, pronouncing his name correctly. Um, I apologize if I did, uh, if I incorrectly pronounced his name. But give us, uh, give us a little quick recap on Cole Madison and what he will, uh, I guess, what kind of role he'll play for the Green Bay Packers as we approach the 2019 training camp. So, yeah, as a, as a fifth-round pick in the 2018 draft, a lot of people looked at it and thought, well, we do need some offensive line depth, so this is a great great pick. But as you said, he took a year off to focus on his mental health. And pardon my French, but I respect the hell out of him for taking that year off to take care of himself. Mental health is a lot more important than than football. So I, I respect him. I know it was a difficult decision for him to to take a year off of football because obviously he has a love for it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing it. So I respect him for doing that. And I think it was Tyler Helinski was the the quarterback from Washington State that that was killed or he he committed suicide and that that obviously took a toll on him. But Cole Madison also said that it his mental health his mental health issues went back further than when Tyler passed away. So I, I respect him for taking that year off and focusing on himself. And he should be a reliable backup this year and definitely a special teamer guy that can block for. For extra points and field goals and uh, kick returns, so I, I think that Cole Madison is going to make the fifty-three men roster. And if injuries do occur, he could he could possibly slide into that right guard or left guard position, barring any injuries. It's almost like another free agent acquisition because when we drafted him, he said that uh, he was going to take the year off. Um, we heard that from BJ Raji, and so for me, it. It uh, took me back to when B.J. Raji decided to take the year off, decided to retire, t- take a hiatus. So I, not to write Cole Madison off, I just I didn't expect him to come back. Really, I felt uh, the his mindset when it came to football was was fractured, and like you said, focusing on his mental health is clearly the priority, and I think it should be the priority for every single person uh, on this planet is to focus on your mental health and. Um, and and be vulnerable, be be proud of who you are, and and so like you said, I, I I respect the hell out of Cole Madison. I'm proud for him taking a stance and realizing what was more important. And I think it's only going to be- benefit him and the Green Bay Packers. He's definitely a player I'm going to keep an eye on throughout training camp because 
we didn't get a chance to see him last year. And then I thought he'd be an afterthought. I think even the Green Bay Packers were surprised to have him come back, even though that they were in his corner the entire way, which speaks volumes uh, of our organization, the Green Bay Packers, and and what Cole Madison had said about how much the Packers stood stood by him through this process, and makes me proud to be a Green Bay Packers fan. Makes us proud to uh, uh, have a podcast in honor of the Green Bay Packers. Um, with all that said, as we as we wrap up uh, the dead zone O line on tap, what are some maybe undrafted free agents or maybe guys that uh, were on the practice squad, maybe were late call-ups towards the end of last season um, that maybe a fan should keep an eye on and could possibly make some waves and challenge for a spot on that 53? I I would say Alex Light, the left tackle out of, I think it was Richmond University, he was a surprise 53-man roster guy last year, and he stayed on there for, I think, all the all year last year. So he would be, I mean, it would be a surprise, to say the, to say the least, if he does make the 53-man roster, but I would watch out for him. The Packers love their versatility, and he, has, he brings that to the table. So Alex Light's a name that I would watch for come training camp. I'm just going to add something real quick and maybe a name that's not really familiar, but someone that we've talked about is uh, Josh uh, Neiman from Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Um, he was a guy that put himself on on the map with his performance at the Combine. Um, although he didn't participate in the 40-yard dash or the vertical jump, he displayed a great amount of agility and athleticism on the field during drills. He's a massive guy at 6'7", 324 pounds. Also had his arms measured at 34 inches and has 10-inch hands. Um, Neiman or Nijman, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad with last names and I'm trying to do my best. So if I'm butchering his name, Josh, you let me know. Uh, he put up 27 reps on the bench press and, uh, for a broad jump of nine and a half feet. And he put up comparable times in the three cone drill in the 20 yard shuttle as first round lock Jonah Williams did. And rumor has it, the Green Bay Packers were also high on Jonah Williams, who's considered to be one of the more agile linemen. In uh, in this last uh, NFL draft class, um, so what do you what do you look at, Yash Neiman? Is he a guy that um, could make the fifty three? He's more of a practice squad guy, um, undrafted free agent. But if you look at the measurables, the athleticism, he checks off a lot of boxes for what Brian Gutekunst covets as his offensive lineman. Yeah, he certainly does that. I mean, like you said, he's a gigantic man, and his performance at the combine really put his name out there, even though he went undrafted. I'm sure there was a lot of teams calling his phone and blowing up his phone when that draft ended back in April. So, I mean, I could see Yash making this team, but I, I think that he's more of a practice squad guy. But if he if he shows up and shows out in training camp, don't be surprised if he does make it over Jason Spriggs because Jason Spriggs has he's been given a lot of chances and he's just not, he's not um, made the most of those opportunities. So, if Yash comes out and surprises a lot of people, I think that he could take that spot away from Spriggs. I think we're going to start – I mean, we have been seeing it so far, but the shedding of former draft picks of Ted Thompson. And um, not to say that Brian Gutekunst goes in there and is like, you're a Ted pick? All right, you gone. You a Ted pick? You gone. But I think there's a criteria that he's looking for when it comes to who's going to make this squad. And like you said, I, I do believe that Josh Spriggs has a lot – to prove 
And what I want to say is his last year on his rookie contract. Yes, yes, it is. So he he obviously has a lot to prove. He's he's had a lot to prove the past three years, but he just hasn't made the most of his opportunities. So Josh has that ability to really jump out with that athleticism that he brings to the table and that he has that dynamic athleticism and size, which is a rare combination in the NFL these days. So if he can if he can show out at training camp and come preseason show that he can he's got that footwork to um to really stay in the lane of the defensive linemen and the outside linebackers, don't be surprised to see Yash on the fifty three man roster come come the first week of September. But you think it would be more high, you, you think he'd be more of a practice squad guy? Right now, as it stands, I do, but I mean, as we know, the NFL can change in the snap of a finger. So there's injuries all the time. There's some people that just come into training camp out of shape. So you never know. But right now, from what we know, I think that Yash will be more of a practice squad candidate. All right, I've got three quick questions I ask you before we wrap up. One, um, give me the names of who makes your predictions right off the fly who makes the squad for the 53-man roster uh, when it comes to offensive linemen? All right, I got David Bakhtiari. I got Lane Taylor, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, um, Billy Turner, Brian Bulaga, Justin McRae, Cole Madison, and Jason Spriggs. You got nine. All right. I got nine. I got nine. It's a perfect segue then. Um, what's your take on Gerhard DeBeer? Oh man, I mean, if if that's not if that's not the most perfect Green Bay Packer name of all time, then I'm not sure what is. So, I mean, I I think that he he could be a practice squad candidate, but just based on the the depth that we do have after signing Billy Turner and and drafting Elton Jenkins, I think that Mr. DeBeer will be will be a practice squad candidate and let's be honest, he's going to he's going to sell a lot of jerseys. That's for sure. Um, is there, so Jason Spriggs is probably the only guy that you feel like might not make this squad. Yeah. The first date that I said, going all the way down to Cole Madison, I think that those guys are almost virtually locks, but Jason Spriggs is really that, that 50, 50 he's on the edge. He's on the cliff of, of not making it. He's in danger. So between him and Yash, and I think maybe even Lucas Patrick or an Alex light, those guys will be vying for that last spot on the 53-man roster. All right. Well, wrapping up, Dead Zone O-Line on tap. I wanted to do something new for each episode so that our fans, listeners, and supporters can get a little bit more of a personal snapshot, if you will, into our life. I'm a big, obviously, big football fan, college football and the NFL and uh, soccer, uh, Europe, or world football, if you will. Um, so I watch a lot of that, but I'm also a real big TV show guy. Uh, what are the two television shows that you're currently currently watching? I people probably are going to hate me, but I I'm currently watching Big Brother. It's a <laughs> CBS show. I I've never really been into the reality TV side of things, but I just turned this on one night when I when I was free and didn't have anything to do, and I just I fell in love with it. It's it's a lot of the competition side of it, which I'm a big competitor, obviously, watching football, any sport you can throw out there, I'll put on the TV. So it has that competition side and it also has that reality TV drama side, which 
normally I don't like, but I'm getting into it right now. And the other one is, it's a classic. It's The Office. I mean, you can't go wrong with turning on Netflix at night and watching an episode or two of The Office with good old Steve Carell and um, John Krasinski and Rain Wilson. I mean, that's just just one of the best TV shows that's ever been produced. It's funny, when uh, right before I was going to ask you this question, one of them was The Office. For some reason, I, I get this big Office vibe from you. So uh, my gut and my astuteness is firing on all cylinders today. My cousin watches The Office typically after every Packers loss, just to brighten up his mood and get him ready for the upcoming week. Uh, currently for me, um, I used to watch a ton of TV. I've dialed it down and tried to minimize it to a couple shows, but I'm watching Love, which is by, uh, I think, uh, executive producer Judd Apatow. Um, it's on Netflix. It's about uh, two opposites and uh, their dysfunctional yet uh, very loving relationship. Give that a try. And then also Big Little Lies on HBO with Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, um, I'm forgetting, Laura Dern, and Meryl Streep. But uh, it's an episode or a show that I watch with my wife. Amazing soundtrack. And the season finale is uh, this Sunday night. So uh, those are the two shows that I watch. Big Brother and The Office for Josh Ryder. We're the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers. Facebook, Snapchat, Reddit, Instagram, The Unknown Packers Podcast, our website, theunknownpackers.com. Josh, where, they, where can they find you again? It's at joshreiter328. That is at josh, R-E-U-T-E-R-328. You can find me at Wisconsin Bryce. I am Bryce Christensen. I am Josh Ryder. And this is The Unknown Packers Podcast.